Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Broadcasting live from the EFCO Development Studios in Upper Lafayette. EFCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in new multifamily construction. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3133 on LUS Fiber to Game Hotline 337-706-0111, 337-706-0111. If you would like to get in, now is a good time or in the 10 o'clock hour is a good time. Um, we'll be doing talking to Stevie P in the next and then our friend... Tom Hafer from Lake Charles to talk to Lil McNeese for most of the rest of this hour, but the 10 o'clock hour will be, the hotline will be open if you want to react to NBA or preview any of the series going on this weekend in high school, I mean, college baseball or softball, or we are now less than a week from the NFL draft and I don't know if you got a chance to hear yesterday or hopefully you go to our website if you missed interview that we did with Luke Johnson. He kind of, in his opinion, answered a few questions. And again, all of this is opinion, but the things that Luke was pretty strong about, like I said yesterday, there are decades of trend and um, you know philosophy to support what he's saying and essentially what Luke said in his opinion was that the Brian Branch stuff you can put it on the back burner uh, he did agree that safety is an underrated need position now, one thing that the Saints have done is they've signed they, they have a lot of safeties. Like it's not, you know, they've signed all these safeties. I, I don't know how good any of them are gonna be. I'm talking about beyond the two scheduled starters. They they they've signed a lot of them. But again, we'll 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 see how. You know, I don't know if any of these guys could start. Like, you know, let's say Marcus May suspended for a month. Like, is there anybody on this right now on the roster that you would trust? You know, everybody loves Smoke Monday, but we have no idea how good Smoke Monday is, other than you know, it's one of the great names in franchise history up there with Jubilee Dunbar. Love Jubilee Dunbar. Great name. But so we'll, we'll see. You know, they signed a guy from Mississippi State that went to the Raiders. But you, he, most people, you know, most Raider fans says he's, say he's bad. Now, maybe if he's in a different offense, I mean, a different defense with different teammates, maybe he'll be good. We'll see. So maybe he is the answer for that depth. But – um, the other thing that he said is he is not he does not buy this idea that that was floated around that 
we haven't endorsed, but we just were wondering about it. Like, is this really real? Like, guys like Nolan Smith, are they now an option for the Saints when they've never been an option before? And Luke was not buying that at all. So, we'll see. I did see that our friend James Mesh may had a, his latest mock draft, and he has the Saints taking Lucas Van Ness. Now, I got to tell you, looking at James's mock draft and looking at the where I am right now, because I've kind of, you know, did one and then have tweaked it here and there. It, he has a lot of this. James and I don't normally think the same very often. But he, he and I have a lot of the same thoughts. Now, you know, no draft is going to be exactly the same when, it's, when, when you have this much uncertainty. But a lot of what he's thinking is kind of like I'm thinking right now. But, it, but Van Ness is not one of them. I, I just don't see him falling that far. I, I, there, are, there are people that believe he's going in the top 10 to 12. Lucas Van X, Van S. So, you know, he's 6'5", 275, and he he's like one of these untapped potential guys. And I um, – some people, I'm going to the Falcons. Some people, I'm going to the Eagles. And that, at that early spot, I think the um, Packers – could you know? I think he could go there. There, there are several other teams that could go for him, if if he didn't. So I don't think he's going to get to the Saints. But if he gets to the Saints, would not surprise me at all if the Saints would pick him. Probably would jump at it. But I don't think he's going to get that far. I just don't think he's going to get that far. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. What's going on, brother Cal? You know, I was thinking about you yesterday. The man has it called. We've been trying to figure out for two years what in the world are y'all going to do with Trey Lance, and we still don't know what y'all are going to do with Trey Lance. That, that's why I call you to talk because you keep telling me we got to play him because we gave three first-round picks for him, but I, now it look like the Niners trying to trade him, Kevin, so I, I don't know what's going on. I really don't. But think about this. You traded three first-round picks. The guys never really played. That is not a good sign from what they see in practice, that that you're willing to trade a guy that you gave up three first-round picks for. I know. It's, it's, but you see their roster is win now or, or never right now. I mean, they have a young roster, so they want to try to get a ring. So, I mean, no, that's what every team trying to do. So, I don't know. Oh, no, I, I get it. I feel bad because he didn't have a chance, but when you get injured, that's, that's how it goes, Kev. No, I'm with you. I, I'm not blaming. It's just confusing. It's like, you know, because, it, it, look, for John Lynch to come out and say that Purdy earned the right to be the starter, now we know that his surgery is going to preclude that, but he actually said it, and so at the Combine. So, uh, I think Sam Darnold is a nice veteran insurance policy. I mean, in other words, if you have to go to option number three or four, whatever option you would 
you know, at least he's played in the league and he in uh, you know, that that that's a good insurance policy. Do you buy the Aaron Rodgers talk? With the Niners, Kevin, I can't put nothing past him because I didn't know they was going to give Trey Lance with three first round picks. So I don't know what the draft might they might do something and bring Rodgers there. So I don't know. I know they're desperate to win. I mean, you're a quarterback away, which not in a couple of teams, just a quarterback away. But I don't know. I'm worried about pretty injury. I know you you do baseball. So that is a baseball injury. So can he come back and throw like he threw before, or you think he's going to struggle? Well, normally in baseball, you know, it's that second year after that you're where you're back to normal. Not saying you can't play the next year because a lot of them play, but it's normally that second year, like one year after you're declared healthy that you're that you're back to normal if you are. Uh, but but again, I you know, I, the fact that he would be out for a whole year is makes sense. I mean that that's the that's what it normally is. You normally miss a whole season with Tommy John. Well, they're talking like he gonna be ready for training camp. So I don't know what's going uh, on. I just what don't believe that. I, I don't believe that. Smoke? Oh yeah, I don't believe that. I don't believe he'll be ready for training camp. Now it's possible he'll be ready, you know, at midseason or something, to where he might not miss the whole year. But that'd be shocking if he was ready for training camp. I don't believe that. That'd be more like a in October, beginning of September type of thing if he's ready. <sighs> October, November would be my best guess. Just based but it on has, well, you wait. Then you got to keep Trey Lance. Then I mean, you because I mean, you might as well give him a shot. If if, if Purdy ain't coming till November, give him a shot, and then you got Don, um, Don, Donald to to back him up. If or or acquire Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson. Yeah, but Kevin, man, I'm not trying to lose. All the, <laughs> you got people, so I mean, I'm not trying to lose everybody. You know what I'm saying? Because you're gonna lose people. No, I'm you're with you. Debo I'm with you. 20, I, you're paying Debo 25. How you going to pay Rodgers 50? <laughs> no, I, I, I get what you're saying, and I agree with you. Again, I, the whole Trey Lance, the, the, from, the, from the time that they tr- made the trade for Trey Lance, it never made sense. And none of it's ever made sense. I, I just, uh, you know, and again, Brock Purdy, if he was healthy, I, I don't think there'd be any question. I think they would have traded maybe Trey Lance already if Brock Purdy was healthy right now. But I remember when they made the trade, and I talked to you the next day. You told me that was a bad that you don't do that. I don't. Kevin, and I, I and I and I I didn't know what to believe in. Then I said, Kevin, right? You're not supposed to do that. I, I so wouldn't. Have done I that. guess you you don't reach because when you reach, look look what happens. So it then it, it's just crazy. So I don't know. But what, what, what Lamar? What you think gonna happen with that? That situation must be crazy, huh? Well, it is well. It's very unusual because he represents himself, and I think that adds a lot of complications. And I'm not saying he's going to end up the worst for it. He might end up the better for it, but it just makes it the whole process way more complicated. So, I I I don't know. I'm going back and forth. Doesn't it? It seemed like for a while he was staying, then it seemed like he was for sure leaving. Now I'm kind of thinking he's staying. So who knows? That's a mess. Kevin, I see y'all got your running back on. When I seen that running back, I said, I know Kevin Hassey. We got we got us a downhill runner. You you know what running back, you know what running the football is about. Very few other people in this country still appreciate it, but you know what it's run about in the Saints. Yeah, so when I seen that, I said, Oh, oh, Kevin got a running back. Yeah. Yeah. 
We need another one, but I'm glad I got one downhill runner. Well, we'll see. I, you know, I, it, it, we might go through the whole draft, and and your and your team might not be real involved, but they may be more way more involved than we think with a Trey Lance trade. So we'll see. Yeah, but I, I'm gonna hang up after this. But um, I know that um, Shanahan said he was going into camp with four quarterbacks. I don't know which ones he met, but he said he's going into camp with four quarterbacks and he's keeping three on the. Depth chart and one in practice squad. I, I don't think know you if should NFL add allows that, but that's what he said. I, I think you know. should add Ian Book to that stable. That's what you need. You need Ian Book. <laughs> All right, Kevin. All right, Ian Book. Can you imagine after when the Saints trade drafted that guy? People trying to tell me that was a Ian Book. Why would you waste a pick on Ian Book? That guy was awful, awful. Ian Book. All right, we'll take a timeout and Stevie P on the other side. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. We have with us Mr. Stevie P. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, Cat. I thought you hated me yesterday. No, I just messed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I know someone like you never messes up, but us no. mere mortals sometimes we do. That 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 is correct. Never <laughs> mess up, Cat. <laughs> All right. So, so now, what was happening? Now, let me ask you. I know you're a draft guy. Let me ask you a question now. What was happening in uh, uh, the 1983 draft? Okay, the, considering the Saints and the Astros, they, there was there was something that happened. Uh, like the Saints didn't have a first round choice that year. That's a that's a little bit of a hint. Who they take in the second round, and what happened to the Astros that hardly ever happened? The same day. Yeah, the same day. As a matter of fact, it was happening at the same time. How about that? Man, now you're really stretching. Um... <laughs> 1983, the second yeah. round pick for the Saints. Man, I think you got me. My mind is not my, not coming up with something auto, right away. Was uh, it Steve, Steve Court? Court? When did we drive Steve Court? <laughs> and and what happened? And what happened uh, with the Astros is Omar Marino tripled to lead off the game against the Expos, and of course that never happened again because Omar Marino never got hit. So that's a triple. <laughs> <laughs> Man, hey, you know, Omar Marino played with Manny Sanguian. Uh, yeah, and neither one of them walked. <laughs> I mean, that's, the, that's the thing about the old. I'm an Omar Marino, and I wasn't a big fan of when the Astros signed him because he was 30 years old. You know how I feel about 30 year old center fielders who just rely on your speed. Yeah. But when he was with the Pirates, he, he, the cat never walked. If you, I mean, if you looked at him, he had a, a 270, 280 batting average, which isn't bad. But when you're on base percentage is 300, but everybody talked about you know how, how many bases he stole and all that other stuff. So I, I was never an Omar Marino guy. Remember we traded him for Jerry Mumphrey, and Mumphrey was just steady the rest of the way. I like Jerry Mumphrey. So what? So who did who did the Saints pick? Uh, 83. I was court. Okay, that's 
Okay, I thought I just didn't know. What, I knew Court was in somewhere, and he was okay. He 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 looked like he was um, you know, he he, he kind of looked like a Pittsburgh Steeler offensive lineman, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and we gave up. If you remember, we gave up that the, the first round choice because we traded with the uh, with the Packers to get Bruce Clark, who was playing in Canada the year before. Big now, Bruce Clark. Now Bruce Clark is. The only Penn State player that has ever played well for the Saints. Uh, In the history of the franchise. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, look, he was was old. He was injured. He was – but Charlie Carter, what, it gave the Saints at least some credible games. Oh, come on now. You hate it? You're not going to go with Kajana Carter. (laughs) Well, no, not over the long term. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, okay. uh, let, 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 let's not go with your Kajana Carter. All right, so it's raining outside. Uh, is there anything uh, that we need to cover for recreation and parks before we get to draft talk? Well, first off, I had a, I had a real problem over here. I gotta, I gotta tell you, um, uh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't bring my, my dog to Gerard Park anymore because the ducks kept biting him. Kept biting him. Yeah, the, the the ducks kept biting my dog, and then I found out the problem. Though, my my dog is purebred. Oh, you listening to this guy? <laughs> he, he's unbelievable. But, he's unbelievable. All right, he's got jokes. It, so any, anyway, anyway, what we got? Uh, we got a uh, uh, baseball and softball. It's going to start next week. Uh, we're going to be playing uh, Wednesday nights at the, at Judy's Park. Uh, and Thursday nights at Brown Park, so come out and free of charge. We're going to enjoy some uh, some great baseball action. We got track meets uh, over the next three Saturdays. Going to be over at Karen Crow High School tomorrow. We'll start off at nine o'clock. If you got any questions about that, give me a call at my desk number. Desk number is two nine one eight three eight zero two nine one eight three eight zero. Um, uh, pretty much, you know, a typical track meet. You know, we we got different age divisions, and uh, of course, we got different events. Uh, anything to help your child, um, you know, grow and become any kind of an athlete. So again, if you got any questions about any of those things? Give me a call at two nine one eight three eight zero. All right, so I've been on a mission because I hate getting caught off guard in the draft like we did with Chris Naoli. You remember that? Uh, of course, Chris that was Naoli. one of the few th- good things that di- that Ditka ever did. I uh, hate or you know Peyton Turner or a Davenport. So help me if there's a guy who hardly none of us have talked about and is kind of way under the radar. Give me a guess on who could be kind of an off the wall pick that the Saints could shock us with on Thursday. Well, I think there's a number of guys because. Um, uh, I think that uh, how about how about Joey Porter Jr. Have you talked about him? Well, I've got. I mean, he's going to be going before. Plus, cornerbacks got to me. Cornerbacks one of the positions that they just won't consider. Why? Why would you say him? Well, because I, I think that's a guy that could fall. You know, I mean, you know, cornerbacks are going to be the guys that's going to be taken first. You know, I I, I really believe that. Um. Uh. Um. Uh, you know, I, I think that uh, um, uh, the uh, the Ohio State receiver, who I have problems pronouncing his name, Nigba. Oh, you think he's going to fall too? Yeah, I think that. Come on, this cat says well, everybody's I mean, not everybody's going to be cat. You, you you can't have thirty guys taking in the top fifteen picks. I'm just let you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, so it's not it's not that simple. 
really falling. It's just the way it is. What I'm saying is somebody's going to fall. Porter, Nigba, and, you know, we're sitting here saying, okay, well, you know, we, we, uh, uh, we drafted a wide receiver in the first round last year. You know, we picked a cornerback not that long ago in the first round and in Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, we're all right at those spots. I'm just telling you, what I like about what the Saints have done, it's pretty much their, been their philosophy over the years, and I think every team should do that, is they say, okay, let's take care of our needs in free agency. And once they take care of their needs in free agency, they typically draft who they think is the best player available. Uh, there might be a little need there with some of the picks that they've taken over the years, but really – they take a guy who they think is, is legitimately the best player on their board or at least don't reach. You know, I, I mean, you just never know, you know, uh, the Eagles, for example. I mean, the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round. They, they didn't need to draft him. I mean, Carson Wentz was their guy. They just gave him a big contract. Now, is you know, Carson Wentz, did he turn out to be good? No. But, I mean, they thought at the time that he was their guy of the future. He would have won the MVP. And they drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round. I think that you always in the draft take the best player available. You know, unless again, unless it's it's, it's you know maybe quarterback. You know, depending upon what you have. You know, running back, some of that nature. So I, I think that I think you not only could you see a surprise. I think that the guy the guy with the same draft is probably going to be somebody that we're not talking about a whole lot like a porter or like a nick oh I really that, uh, if that happens i'm gonna be angry but anyway let, but 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 so you well, you gonna be angry why are you gonna be angry when they take the best player i hate being caught well i mean look i would take joey porter don't get me wrong but i i'm i, I don't want to be caught off guard but if it's someone like that's going to be really good I, I i'm good with now let me ask you this though so you're not buying this talk that the that the Texans aren't taking a quarterback. No, not by, not, not buying that. I mean, they they. I don't want to say that they have to, but you know, I think that they're going to take a quarterback. Which which it, it, what I'd be kind of uh, you know scary about if I was a, a Texan guy if they take somebody like Anthony Richardson to where they need you know he needs a couple of years to uh, to, to to really learn what being a NFL quarterback is all about. So no, I'm not I'm not buying that either. I don't know. I think I'm buying it. I, I I I think I'm buying that the Texans aren't taking a quarterback at two. And, and the problem the problem with if you buy it is then it totally ch- trying to do a mock draft where where two is not a quarterback. Then it just kind of messes you up all over the place. All right. So right now, what uh, if you had to put you know thousands of dollars on it? What would be your best guess for the Saints? I don't even have one. I mean, really, I just because because I really think that they're going to take a guy that drops a little bit, and you know, we can come up with names. I mean, I gave you a couple of them. We can come up with names, but I can't really pinpoint a guy that 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 I think is gonna is gonna drop. I mean, if 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 seriously, if Bijan Robinson is there, with, and, he, and I don't think he will be, but here I am talking about somebody has to drop. But if Bijan Robinson is there, would you take him? Oh. I would hurt myself running to the to the to the mic with the card. But you, but you see, that's kind of my point. You know, we talk about well, well Porter's going to be gone. Well, Nigba's going to be gone. Well, all these quarterbacks are going to be gone. Somebody's going to have to be there. And whoever that guy well, is, that's the guy that you know. It's going to be it's going to be all these tight ends. That's who's going to be there. They got all these well, tight ends. I thought you were a tight end guy. I love tight ends, but I don't like them in the first round. <laughs> 
tight ends. I don't like them in the first round. <laughs> I don't like them in the first round. Uh, no, I, I don't. So I, I'm worried about um, – I, I really am starting to think that the, the, the Saints are going to have very few players that they like, very few, when, when it gets to them. Now, I think they're really? going to have a ton of players that, I, I at 40. I think there's going to be one that's going to be there. That's where, that's where we disagree. I think there's going to be one that's going to be there. Well, there might be one and maybe of two, course. but there won't be of four. Course. Of course, you, if you was the player personnel director for the Saints, the, 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 three picks would have been taken and you would have been there's no good players. None. <laughs> <laughs> All right, real quick before we go uh, on the Astros, would you send jokes back down if he keeps hitting? No, I mean, yeah. As long as he keeps hitting, I think that you gotta you gotta keep playing him. I mean, there, there are things that you could do. You know, I mean, you know, you could extend Michael Brantley's, uh, uh, you know, minor league stay. You know, and call it an injury. I mean, there, there, there are certain things that you can't do. You know, by rules and, and whatnot. But it's just like the Saints with the with the salary cap situation. You could play around with that. I mean, you know, all Brantley, all you have to do is, Bob Brantley, is say, okay, he had a slight setback. He had a twinge in his arm. And you just let him just keep the H at the, at the, uh, uh, at the AAA level. You know, I mean, I, 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 do I want Michael Brantley back? Of course. You know, I mean, but, you know, that's a guy that had some injury issues throughout his career. And as long as this guy keeps hitting, and he is, and, and you know, pitchers are going to uh, kind of figure him out. You know, look, we, uh, we joke about, Mauricio DeBon almost every day. You know, I mean, look, he's, he's going through a great stretch and whatnot. Now, look, I like Mauricio DeBon. Everybody does. But he, I'm not fooled into thinking that that cat's a, you know, uh, 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 an everyday major league player. Pitchers are going to figure him out. The game is going to figure him out eventually. But, you know, a guy like uh, DuBon, a guy like Jolks, and two pitchers in the league do, do figure him out, you got to you gotta throw him out there and just – kind of let him play. I mean, it's just the way it is. I've already seen I'm, I'm the tweet. Him, though, really I've is. already seen the tweet, by the way. Because Dubon's playing well, trade Altuve now. Who I've already that? seen that tweet. Oh, no. Good to see. That's, that's people that fall in big time to the small sample size. Look, I'm all about having fun with Mauricio Dubon and everything, but please stop that. Please stop <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. All right. Well, the Astros are playing the uh, Braves tonight, uh, start a series, and they play the Rays next week. So they're playing teams with a lot, a lot of wins. And uh, it'll be it'll be fun to see what they do. Tonight's pitching matchup is outstanding. We'll talk about that more later. So next week, I'm going to not mess up. And when we talk on Thursday, we need a, pred- a better prediction oh, than Joey uh, No, Porter. I will give you a prediction on uh, on Thursday. Uh, you know, I mean, people that come up with the mock drafts and everything, it's probably going to change a whole lot now, uh, you know, from to, to next week anyway. So I'm going to do one pick, and it's going to be next Thursday. The final trivia question I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you is when the NFL draft first started on ESPN, they had two sponsors. Can you name one of the two? I can name who was speaking in them, but I don't know if I know. Who the sponsors were? Uh, they had two. They had two sponsors. They had Getty Oil, which actually owned ESPN, which was part of the reason that you know, and also Hilton. Oh, Hilton! Now, yeah, who that, was it? Uh, was it George Grant and Paul Zimmerman? Uh, George Grant and and and, and Howard Balls are from the sport. News. Oh, and Howard Balls, yeah, yeah. George Grant, who 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 uh, just I think uh, seven eight years ago retired as the uh, a TV broadcast with the Reds. Uh, Dr. Z, that's correct, and Howard Balzer. 
and 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 Mel Kuyper had just a little bit of a bit part. You know, they just brought him on and. You know, in, in, in kind of like, you know, short segments and whatnot. Yeah, but that was the three that was hosting. Very good, Dr. Z. I'm impressed, Cap. Well, I'm going to tell a Dr. Z story after when we come back, but we got to take a timeout first. All right. Oh, Thank you, Steve. In. It's been your pleasure, Kevin. Yes, sir. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. This is Footnotes. Live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. We have with us our friend, Mr. Tom Hafer from McNeese. How are you, sir? Outstanding. Stopped raining here. I guess it's probably still dripping over there. It is dripping here. All right. Before we get talking about some McNeese, uh, I got to carry over something from our previous conversation. And here's what I want to ask you. We were talking about the NFL, the early days of the NFL draft, and yep. uh, Doctor Doctor Z, Paul Zimmerman. And I said I had to tell a Doctor Z story. If you, I mean, you might, you're not a Saints fan, so you probably don't remember this day with the kind of heartache that I do. But the day that the Houston Oilers blew the what 35 to three lead in the playoffs to the Buffalo Bills. That was the first game. The second game that day, the Saints played the Eagles, and they blew their – it wasn't 35-3, to but they blew a double-digit lead at halftime as well. And that second half, I sat there and watched the second half in the little eating room right next to Dr. Z, and he said the <laughs> craziest things. I was like – you know, you had this idea of this guy that he was some sort of genius, and to me he said a lot of crazy stuff. So who – Who's the most famous person you ever met that when you heard him talking and the things that he said kind of disappointed you? Um, I would say Jimmy Buffett. Wow. He was, uh, he was kind of manic when I met him backstage after a show back in the late 80s, early 90s. I can believe that, <laughs> yes. I... <laughs> that is very believable. Uh, uh, All right. And by the way, Go I ahead. am a Saints fan, interestingly enough. So I moved to Louisiana in 1988, and I grew up in southern Illinois near St. Louis, and I was a St. Louis football Cardinals fan. And in 1980, I guess 87 was their last year in St. Louis, so 88, they moved to Phoenix, and I was mad at them for doing that, and I had just moved here, and the Saints were just going through the, the first phase of the 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 a bear and uh, the dome patrol right uh success time frame and it was so much fun uh watching them every week that i became a saints fan and they are my team have been now for 30 plus years oh well that's that's awesome now i gotta tell you you know as a, i was certainly never a cardinal fan but i always liked mel gray and terry metcalf they were so exciting in the 1970s they were two of the most dynamic players in the league and uh Crazy things always happen with him. Metcalf was, uh, and his son was a similar player, if you'll recall, for the Browns um, back in the, I guess that would have been the 90s. But in the 70s, Terry Metcalf was 
he was completely dynamic. Everything he did was was uh, something big. Uh, even you know he might have a four fumble game. Everything he did was big, and uh, uh, he was great to watch. Mel Gray was terrific kick returner as well as one of the best receivers in the league. Absolutely. All right. So we'll get to McNeese. You know, this baseball race is kind of muddled, I guess is the word, but that's probably good for the Cowboys. I mean, yeah, I know you lost some disappointing games and you're, you're, you're tied, you're playing UNOs tied with you and uh, you're only two games back with six losses, which you probably wouldn't have expected when it started, but it's kind of working out in that way. Yeah. It's just a really weird year in the league. Nobody looks dominant. Uh, I think McNeese has the best record overall um, in, in in uh, you know all games, including the, the out of conference game. But are six and six in the conference. They lost two out of three to uh, to Houston Christian, who can't beat anybody else. Uh, you know on the year, um, Southeastern was supposed to be good, and they don't look like they are. Nobody was really looking at Incarnate Word, and they're currently leading the conference, but nobody has any confidence that they're going to stay up there. Uh, muddled is uh, is a good word. It may be even understating it a little bit. So do you feel like uh, really it may not matter a whole lot then? You know, in other words, what your seed is for down the road. Honestly, that's the case, yeah. I, I, I think there's a whole lot of pride in winning the, the conference um, uh, regular season title. Uh, but it means nothing, and and you know if somebody wins in a tiebreaker with a, I don't know a nine win record or whatever, which is what might happen, uh, you know nobody nobody's uh, uh, going to look at them as any kind of favorite. All right, so on the you know I I, I mean I, if you're a McNeese softball fan, I guess you're you're happy about it because it makes your life a little easier. But it kind of robbed from you know next week was going to be you know. McNeese versus Southeastern, and then the Southeastern dropped the game to um, Houston Christian. So that series is still important, but maybe not quite the showdown that it could have been. Yeah, and and it's um, you know now McNeese could lose two out of three and still be in first place, right? right. I mean, it doesn't. It, it, it's not the same, uh, not quite the same, but still, it's very clear that those are the two best teams in the league, and, uh, and so it'll be an interesting showdown. Uh, uh, for that reason, if no other. All right, so tell us a little bit. I'm sure there's a lot of excitement around the program beating LSU, and we talked a lot about it on Wednesday here with the Cajun baseball team beating LSU and the McNeese softball team beating LSU. Both of them now have a chance to to not have to win the league if they can finish really strong. Right. It's uh, It really helps your RPI, doesn't it? You know, and just the the uh, the the – I guess the the impact that it has on people around the country to see that you're able to do that. LSU, um, they're really good and they're really athletic and the top of their order is phenomenal. And somehow McNeese was able to keep the top three of their order from, from wreaking havoc and, uh, and then squeaked out a win. Uh, it, it was funny. Ashley Vallejo, the, the pitcher for McNeese, she, her first start as a freshman two years ago was against LSU and I think she gave up eight runs in like an inning and two third or something like that, and it just completely wrecked her her ERA and her stats right. for the entire season as a freshman. And she started the game here um, at McNeese Tuesday, and uh, LSU scored three in the first inning, and it looked like, oh no, Ashley Vallejo's got a thing about LSU. Right? Well, she settled down. She pitched a complete game, did not allow another run. The defense behind her was great. 
and um, Magnese got a big um, got a big home run out of Phillips catcher to to make it three to two. They squeaked out another run to make it three to three, and then got almost a controversial run uh, in the sixth inning to win it four to three. And it, it was it's great. I mean, fourteen hundred fans there. It was loud. There were a lot of Tiger fans there, which you expect and encourage to happen. Uh, the McNeese crowd was loud. The, the Tiger crowd was loud. And it was just a really good night for uh, for softball in Louisiana. And congratulations to Coach Landrino and his program. It's a big, big lift. Yeah, that, sound, that sounds like a lot of fun. All right, sir, we appreciate your time as always. Thank you very much. Thanks, Kevin. Enjoy being with you. Take care. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. The little MVPs. The little MVPs. Now, a Major League Baseball team that struggles to win games despite having multiple MVP winners on its roster. Also known as the Los Angeles Angels. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game. Again, the whole 10 o'clock hour, the game hotline 706-0111 will be open if you would like to react to any of what we've discussed so far, bring up something new. Obviously, there'll be a lot of NFL draft talk between now and you know six days from now and seven days from now. And in the, in the next one, I, I think I've come up with – the um my best guess for somebody that we haven't talked about yet at all somewhere between at all or very little and Luke mentioned his name in passing yesterday and so we, we're going to discuss him a little bit um in the in the 10 o'clock hour but Dawson do you have an answer to that question what f- kind of famous person have you met that was the most disappointing once you actually met them or heard them talk or seen them act or anything like that we're just trying to throw people under the bus right well, in, right it doesn't have to be somebody that that's like yeah. around here no don't, yeah no uh, i met somebody. i met arian foster as a kid at one of the nfl experience type uh situation running back for the texans he's a little different yeah well and at that time i don't think he was it was even well known you know that he was kind of different like that but um i remember being a little disappointed trying to like you know Talked to him a little bit, and then, you know, he kind of just signed my thing and was like, all right, kid, that's enough. <laughs> I was very young. I was probably like 11 or 12 at the yeah. time. So at, at that point, too, it kind of has more of an impact on you because you're really kind of, you know, it's a guy you think it's so cool, NFL guy, and then it just, you know, he wasn't quite as interested to talk to me as I was to him. Well, yeah, and that 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 that, that, that that's certainly pretty normal. You know, one of the famous uh, – Stevie P um, – I'm sure you can tell he's got a little bit of a different quirky personality, and to me he's hilarious. But um, we were in we were in Cooperstown. Actually, we were in a town. I think it was called Sulphur Springs, New York, right outside on our way to Cooperstown, and we stopped at this little um, 
kind of country, kind of like a tasty freeze kind of a place. I don't remember Frost Top or Frosty something. I don't know. Whatever the name of it was to get ice cream or whatever we nachos or whatever we got. And we were in line and 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 talking um to this I think it was a it was a lady and her daughter and she was talking about how when she was little the only player kind of surprising because he's got the reputation of being the nicest guy ever and I think he was I just think you know stuff happens sometimes but um she tried to get an interview an autograph from Stan Musial and he said no and so to give you an idea of how um Stevie P's personality is Stevie P was covering the Cajuns at Pauley Pavilion UCLA basketball and he met Bill Walton and he asked Bill Walton do you know Bill did you know that Stan Musial hated children (laughs) so that was just funny just made me think about that um you know Sometimes you can meet someone and they're just having a bad day and they're not. There's nothing really wrong, you know. That, that yeah, that's that, that, thing. that can happen. And I think the Stan usual story is kind of because everything I've ever heard about, it, he was like the nicest guy ever. Right. And that's why it's so tough too. Like if you're someone who who gets come up to all the time, like that's their one interaction with you ever. Whereas yes. you do that interaction a hundred times a day. So then, yeah, you get the one bad, and now they're telling all their friends that you're a terrible person when you know reality could have just been you had a really bad day that day or just misunderstood the interaction or anything like that yeah it's uh yeah you 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 certainly try to and i and i and i've heard a lot of athletes uh who try to remember that but again nobody's nobody's perfect no 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 question about that all right astros open up a three-game series with the braves obviously a um you know, a lot of Astro fans in this area, a lot of Braves fans in this area. And so that's a series that a lot of people are going to like. Hunter Brown is pitching tonight for the Astros against Bryce Elder. And I obviously know a whole lot more about Hunter Brown than I know about Bryce Elder. But I also know that both of them are 2-0 and with an ERA under 2 right now. Now, are they going to both finish with ERAs under 2 on the season? No, that's not going to happen. Um, but... It sounds like the rich keep getting richer here. Like, you know, Hunter Brown, I think he's really good. I mean, it's possible, as good as the Astros pitching is, I don't think it would surprise anyone if Hunter Brown's actually the Astros' best pitcher. He's just not quite experienced totally yet. Uh, So, no, he is really good I think and I have not seen Bryce Elder pitch so I can't comment about how good he is but he's 2-0 with a 153 so his first two starts didn't give up any runs and he played the Royals in the last start and gave up three runs so the point is we've got two really good teams here play each other in the World Series a couple years ago and uh, they both have really good young pitchers so that should be a fun matchup tonight the Astros I don't remember the order but I um, you know, they've got uh, Framber and Javier. So you could argue that they're going to at least have, I don't know how many of their game. And look, I just want to win. If I win my one game and move forward, I'll be happy. If I win two games, I'll be ecstatic. But um, 
I think the Astros will have a chance to win one at least one game because I think they're throwing arguably their best three starters right now. So yeah, we'll be, see how that plays out. It'll be Framber tomorrow and Javier on uh, Sunday. Yeah, so, uh, you know, you you like your chances, but again, it's baseball. I mean, you know, Framber pitched really well in his last start, and the team got beat, what, 8-1 to one or whatever, 9-1. to one. And he pitched, it was nothing-nothing until the seventh, and then everything went crazy. But that was a weird series with the, with the, with the Blue Jays because just kind of bizarre. But, um, no, very good. Um, early, it's early, but still a nice series. A lot of local interest here in those two teams. We'll see what happens. That's it for hour number one. Another hour to follow. Stay tuned. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foot. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, broadcasting live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette. Evco Development is a civil construction company that specializes in new multifamily construction. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3, 133 on LUS Fiber. Game hotline 337-706-0111. If you would like to talk about the draft or the weather or if you have your own story of someone famous who didn't you did not have the greatest and kind of, I had zero intention of bringing that up today. I just thought about it when Doc, when Steve asked that trivia question and Dr. Z came to mind. Ed Cat. Man, I was like, listen to this cat. He's saying all kind of crazy stuff. But um it was um I remember watching that and I'm like, man, I got a bad feeling. <laughs> just and then it was at halftime, and if I remember correctly, the Saints were beating the Eagles like 20 to 9 maybe something like some it was a by double figures but it wasn't by you know anything like 35-3 but I'm like I just watched a team down 35 to 3 win so I didn't feel real comfortable with a 20 to 9 or whatever that that halftime lead was and then of course the offense had a meltdown in the fourth quarter and it was just a disaster but anyway let's go to the game hotline hello Good morning. Good morning, sir. Kevin, you remember when I, I kind of like uh, turned you on to Caden Clark? Uh, you know, that was the national buzz. But, Kevin, they got something going on this weekend that in, in, in that sport nobody thought was going to happen, and it's happening this weekend. Do you know what uh, I'm talking about? No, sir. Talking about this fight, this, uh, this lightweight fight between uh, the Tank versus Garcia. These two young fighters are the two best fighters in the sport, but they both handled by like different promoters. So the the aspect of them fighting was thought it was never going to happen. One's a little bit bigger than the other one, so they were all you know never thought it was going to happen. Well, it's going to happen this weekend. It's not even going to be a title fight to where the, the you know the title doesn't even matter because these two great fighters are fighting each other, and the, the, the weight is so. That's, you know, it's, it's in between a welterweight and a lightweight to where they both have to come down and meet exactly that weight. And it's, uh, the, 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 the thing is, but Tank versus Garcia, two best fighters in the sport, are fighting this weekend. 
All right, well, you're going to have to give us a report. Well, Kevin, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, I'm talking about when it's over. Go ahead. I'm talking about when it's over next week. Let us know what happened. Watch it. I'm helping telling you I ain't paying for no pay per view. I'm just saying this. Oh, okay. Is, you know, I got you. I got you. you. Did you ever, when you were younger, did you watch the Hearns and Haggers? Did you get into oh, all that? Oh, yeah. Mean, I love, I, 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 oh, yeah. I love boxing. Um, you know, I, you know, probably, probably the most I ever enjoyed the Olympic Games because I hate the Olympic Games and it was not the 92. Um, dream team. Probably the most I ever enjoyed the Olympic game was the '76 boxing in Montreal with uh, Sugar Ray and 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 um, and uh, Leon Spinks and that group. So yeah, no, I know I I liked Hearns and Hagler and watched all of that. Watched all the uh, you know as many Ali fights as I could. I, I love boxing in the '70s and '80s. Did you go to any of the closed circuit fights like what they had back then? No, but I saw Ernie Shavers fight at Blackham Coliseum one night. God, how old was he when you saw him fight? <laughs> I don't even remember what year that was, but I remember being there. Ernie Shavers. Yes, I remember going seeing uh, Jar, uh, the, the the Great White Hope against uh, Holmes at the Blackham Coliseum. Man, they, they used to have these things all over the place, but uh, that was the golden era of Boston. But anywho, Kevin, it's happening this weekend. The best fight uh, that sports had in a long time. Have a good one. All right. Take care. Um, FedEx man pulls for the punks, and they, they've got they've got um having an interesting season, not winning a ton of games by their standards uh, of the last decade or so, but it is uh they've got some young players that are playing pretty well. So it's gonna be interesting to see how 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 they do this year and the ironic thing is I have two punks on my team and so it's kind of on my fantasy team it, yeah, fantasy it, it can be a it can be an ugly business all right again the game hotline 337-706-0111 all right he he mentioned it Luke mentioned it yesterday in passing so i i kind of th- am thinking and so I want to say it ahead of time because, you know, I've been on this crusade of not trying to get burned and caught way off guard. I don't want a huge curveball. I'm kind of thinking the Peyton Turner of this year's draft for the Saints is Isaiah Foskey. First of all, that's kind of a cool name, Isaiah Foskey. Uh, he's 6'5", 265, or, you know, who knows what their real weight is. Was timed at a four five eight, which is pretty good speed for a six five two sixty something, and played at Notre Dame. He's not, you know, he's in a and he's supposedly long, which kind of fits into, you know, the Saints criteria. He's not really big. But I really kind of think this guy, you know, if there's a guy that not a lot of people are predicting. I might have seen one or two mocks that have him in the first round, but I think most people consider him a second rounder, kind of like Peyton Turner was. But I think in this draft, especially similar type position, the the Peyton Turner of this draft might be Isaiah Foskey. Now, obviously, I have no idea uh, what the you know where the Saints have him on their board or whatever, but he kind of just somebody to keep an eye on. Wouldn't even shock me if they picked him at forty. 
depending on who they end up picking at 29. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kev. Good morning. Good morning. Happy soggy Friday. Yes, sir. Before we continue with draft, you're the celebrity that was unquestionably by far the most, and I wasn't expecting a whole lot to even preface it, So, but the one that was the most disappointing, and you've actually already mentioned him in your show, and you probably don't even realize it, Mike Ditka. He oh. came out to the Louisiana Open one year and played in the Pro-Ams. You got people catering to you hand and foot, feeding you free barbecue, free drinks, free fellowship, the whole kit and caboodle, and all this guy could do was grunt and mumble and sit there and look like the most miserable human being on the planet. And I've never been more disappointed in a human being, much less a celebrity, than that man that day. And I've joked about it with some of the people that ran the Open. I mean, I'm offering him a, a perfectly barbecued A-Bear's country rib that the Pope himself would probably eat. And he looks at it and he, and he grabs it, doesn't say thank you, nothing. Goes off to the side, eats it, throws the bone on the ground. And I'm just like, I looked at the people around me, I'm like, that's why the Saints are where they're at right now. This I mean, he, he was a complete people. clown show from day one. I mean, just a complete clown show, that guy. So that's it. Moving on. I got that off my chest. Yeah. That, that, that's bothered me for 15, 20, however long it's been. But uh, I was listening to Luke yesterday. I still disagree with him about our safety. I agree with you more about Jacksonville probably taking him. So I don't think he's going to fall to 29. I just don't see him trading up for him. The only player I can see them trading up for is the running back. Uh, Robinson, and I don't know if they'll do that because there's a chance Gibbs could even be there in the second round. I'm actually starting to think Philly, the top flight defender or offensive lineman at 10, where I thought they may pick Robinson at 10, and they may pick Gibbs at 30 right behind us at 29, and that would be a good fit in their offense as well. But you've said the guy's name a bunch, and if you really stop and look at it, it really starts to make sense, and it's Osiris Torrance. Um, It's there's a real good possibility of be there. He's an all-American guard, best interior lineman in the draft. He's a guy that you basically draft him and you play him for 10 years. And the reason I think they may lean in that direction is Ruiz's fifth-year option is coming up. I think we've got a few days whether or not to claim his fifth-year option or not. At $14 million a year, I just don't see him doing it. Uh, so, uh, and then you got Pete, who's probably playing on a one-year, prove that you can stay healthy or you're gone deal. That's both of our guards could conceivably be gone at the end of the next season. So you got a guy you can draft, give him a year to learn the position. He'll probably end up playing because one of those two guards will get hurt anyway. And uh, he's just the, it's the Jim Fink school of drafting. You draft the big uglies. And with those early picks, and they settle in your team for 10 years. And that cat can play. He's a baller, man. He's especially as a run grader. Uh, I just think it ain't going to be sexy, and we'll all be disappointed like when we draft Ruiz. And, look, I'll preface that other than Ellis last year, I thought Ruiz was our most improved player. Then he suffers, that what, a Liz Frank injury in December? Uh, but, uh, you know, right when it looked like he was really getting on track and playing yes. better, he got injured. So you got questions there. I just don't see him picking up a $14, $15 million option on him. 
And picking a guard in the first round, getting that fifth-year option that we say is so important is a big deal now because if you look at what guards are making in the NFL, it's become a payday position. Uh, Some of the recent guard signings across the league has put them in the upper echelon of money earners. So you can no longer think of them as just uh, somebody that couldn't play tackle. You said it yesterday. In our prime, in our best offensive years, we had two all-world guards. Uh, now, of course, we had a short quarterback who needed a clean pocket, so that played a role in that, and a different quarterback may change that. But uh, I think he's a can't-miss. You always talk about you can't gamble and you can't miss. And I think he's a guy that unquestionably, if you draft him, you know he's going to yeah, be Yeah, I mean, well, look, you know offensive linemen uh, that you have graded really high are the safest pick, period, especially in the history of the Saints franchise. But um, the other thing that Luke said – that stuck out to me that we haven't mentioned yet is that our friend Edabare is a team captain, high character guy. And the Saints have really valued that in recent years. The high character, team team captain, high character guys, very high on their list. And, And he's a little on the short side, but like he said, he was long and he was a team captain. And uh, I think that's going to carry some weight. I think he'd go. He'd be our second round pick, Kevin, if they took him. I just don't see him taking him in the first round. And there's a real good shot he'll be there. You got Mozzie Smith or Attaboy that could both be there at forty. And I mean, Jim Pinks would be smiling. In well, I doubt they both will be there. Or defensive lineman. Yeah, I doubt they'll both be there. But I. But either one of them could be there. But. I don't know. Yeah, all Some, you need is yeah, one of them. Yeah. All you need is one to be there. And then, uh, truthfully, Osiris could technically fall to 40. I just oh, think absolutely. somebody's going to fall. Yes. I think somebody's going to fall in love with a big, huge, can't-miss guard. And, 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 you know, we've said it a few times, pick 29 and pick 40 with this draft class is pretty much the same pick. Exactly. And so any of these guys could fall. I mean – Look, a guy, a guy I like, the linebacker out of Iowa would be a great second-round pick, Campbell. I think he's the middle linebacker. We, we keep counting on, you know, the linebacker we got. He's getting long in the tooth. So a second-round linebacker that's probably the highest-rated interior linebacker could be an option at two. But yeah, I, I just I, think they – Absolutely. I, I had him going to the Bills originally. We'll see how it goes in the mock. But anyway, we'll see. It's getting closer and closer. Thanks, Joey. God bless, bro. Have a good weekend. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Here on Footnotes, you may not always exactly hear what you want to hear, but you will hear what you need. And, of course, I got all these, oh, you're an idiot. And, you know, what kind of Saints fan are you? Look, I'm not telling you what I want to happen. I'm telling you what's going to happen, what more than likely is going to happen. Back to more of the sports talk you need to listen to with footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. The game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. I hope Manny's listening because I'm going to shock him here. 
I'm going to, instead of asking, I'm going to give you some weather reports. Um, I mean, doesn't mean it's accurate. We all understand what weather is kind of like, it's kind of like doing a mock draft. You can guess all you want, but you never really know what's going to happen. But for the Cajuns at Troy, it looks like a good weekend. I don't, I didn't see anything on the um, forecast for the weekend that would give the Cajun baseball team any issues. I'm sorry, softball team, any issues at Troy? Now, the baseball team at James Madison today looked good and Sunday looked good. Did not look good for tomorrow. So maybe the middle game of that series could have some issues. I saw some 90% for tomorrow in Harrisonburg. And for LSU, it looks like today might be an issue, but if they can get past today, the next two days look good. So for the most part, other than one or two days here or there, might not have many rain issues um, with UL and LSU baseball and softball. Yeah, it looks like this whole cell, at least in our area, is just kind of like, you know, going through. Like um, we heard Tom say it's already gone from McNeese. And like from what you see, it's just this big old cell. But once it goes through, it, it seems like it's going to be decent weather around here for the next couple of days. That would be good because at the high school level, we have a lot of teams um, playing, going to be hosting or scheduled to host state quarterfinal softball games to earn a right to the state tournament this um, tomorrow. I know St. Thomas Moore's at home. Uh, Kaplan is hosting Lorville, a nice Acadiana area matchup. Uh, David Thibodeau's at home against De La Salle. And um, North Vermillion is at home. So we got quite a few teams in our area at home. And my fighting Haynes Academy Yellow Jackets are back in the quarters in softball. They lost the state title game a year ago. They're at Vanderbilt Catholic in Homa, so that should be interesting as well. A lot of... A lot of it's a lot. It seems like the Acadian area, and then you got a couple of New Orleans teams, but like the South, kind of dominating in uh, in softball and to an extent baseball as well this year. So are they pretty big underdogs? With uh, they're seven, they're seven seeds. Uh, they're a seven seed Vanderbilt to two, two seed, seed this yeah. time around. Last year they were the two seed and ended up losing to the one seed. I think in the championship game, which um, was the first time they had ever made it that far. So that was exciting. And the baseball teams playing. Uh, my Haynes baseball team's playing home a Christian. I'm actually trying to attend that game this app, this evening on my way into New Orleans if the weather cooperates. That's a best of three. They lost game one five to one, but I talked to my old coach last night. He's in high spirits. Thinks they can they can rally back. <laughs> Maybe tie that series up, force game three. Well, I look, I I get the whole series thing. Baseball is a series sport. You know, if I coach baseball all year long and I got beat by one good pitcher in the first round of the playoff, which has happened, I'd pitch a fit and I, I'd want series two. I'm just saying from a media standpoint, it is a nightmare. I just hate it. But I I totally get why the coaches want it. I'm surprised it's lasted as long because I wouldn't think the administrators like this at all. But – um but I and so I get it, but I'm just from our point of view. Oh man, it's a nightmare to to because you just don't. There's just no. It's just. There's also been some inconsistencies in like which classifications get the series and yeah. and and how long some they go into the bracket, yeah. and that's always been kind of weird too. It's also weird. They've done them at the front end, which I guess is, and the reason they wanted to do that is because seating can get messy with teams that don't play the same caliber of schedules and stuff. And the seeding not always reflecting that, so that's why they did at the beginning. But it feels like you'd, you'd kind of want your series in the semis and finals, right? But it's been one game for those. It's just been the series at the beginning, so it's also kind of been 
interesting the way they've done it like I that. I think if a really good team beats a really good team, they don't have a problem with it. I think the I mean, you don't like to lose, but the problem is if you have if you're not a great team, but you have one pitcher and you beat a really good team because you have one pitcher and you, and things work well that day in the first round or second round, that's what a lot of them have a problem with. And I can even remember which, you know, when I was playing in high school, we switched the way our district schedule worked because the first year or two that we did it, your district was you played, you had four teams in the district. You played one team, then you played the other team, then you played the other team, then you came back and played the first team. Well, everybody's, the best two teams were throwing their ace against the other best team every single time because of the way the rotation worked. So then we ended up switching it to where you played that team in a three-game series, essentially, one week. You played them like Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday to try to make sure that the ace didn't throw every game. So they even yeah. try to do that in the regular season. But again, you're just never going to have it perfect. All right. I'm getting some. Um, you remember when I said baseball had some questions to, to more at James Madison. I'm getting news here that it the, the game time for that chain game has been changed to 5 p.m. Central because of that weather. So we'll see. Hopefully. That's tomorrow's all, game, right? Yeah, tomorrow's game, not today's game. Saturday's game in Harrisonburg, Virginia. So, we'll, um, you know, we haven't – obviously, we talked a great deal about the LSU victory. We haven't really looked at it. You know, the little bit I looked at James Madison, I didn't see anything that really jumped out at me. You know, it, it's a series that if they play – pretty good baseball they should win if they play really good they should sweep if they play that well but but again it's baseball and it's on the road and who 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 knows and uh i think this team should be able to handle a week of being patted on the back and told you know how great things were and how great of a victory was and all that you got to be able to handle that stuff and I, i i it seemed like a pretty grounded team so hopefully they can. And, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see the start lineup. We talked about it when Craig was on yesterday. The Connor Higgs situation, is he going to play? You know, how is Cooper Rawls going to do? Um, he did get a midweek start earlier this year, so it won't be his first start, but it will be his first weekend start. And so, no, a lot of interesting facets to that, and hopefully they can uh, get all the games in. Well, and, and the funny thing, too, is, and we have to because it's sports talk radio and we talk every day about it, but we sat there and said, man, what's Southern Miss doing? What's Texas State doing? You wait a few weeks, Southern Miss is tied for second at 10-5. and five. Texas State's tied for fourth at 9-6, and six, and they just beat Texas and UTSA in midweek games, both top 25 teams in the last two weeks. So all those teams that we said, wow, they were at the top of the conference last year. Where, what are they doing? Why are they struggling? They're all sort of rising their way up the rankings, and if UL wants to win the conference and or you know get to the regionals, like you're going to have to beat some really good teams, which is what we said all along. But there was that stretch where we said, well, maybe Texas State just doesn't have. Well, they're all they're yeah. all kind of showing you that they're as good maybe as we thought they were. You got nine games there: Texas State, you Southern Miss, and Coastal. Really good teams. That's and that's the top five teams in the league minus old dominion that's everybody who's there and you don't play old dominion and and so man you gotta you gotta pretty much win every other game and hope you go at least four and five or five and four against that group and if you do then your rpi should be pretty good we'll see but but again you really need to sweep this weekend you you, you hate going on the road and saying man you need to sweep but considering you have those nine games in front of you 
you kind of need to sweep. And um, you got to the, the the point that I've been trying to make all week is the the LSU win was great. It was tremendous, and it gave them an opportunity. But you still got a lot of ducks that aren't in a row that need to get in a row to play the kind of consistent ball to consistently beat good teams uh, that you have to play from here on out before that you can really maximize. Coach Robe used to say, "Minimize the damage." Well, here you're, you're not you're trying to maximize the opportunity, and uh, if they're going to maximize that opportunity, they got to get some things done. And I think it kind of starts this weekend. It starts today with Cooper Rawls being okay, saying yes, I am a Friday night starter and pitching that way, and then we'll see uh, how the lineup consistency um, pans out. And from an RPI standpoint, you've got two kind of RPI dipping series left. It's this one and it's ULM. Uh, JMU's at 155. So not terribly bad as far as like those 250-plus teams that just completely tear down your RPI. But then ULM's at 202. So you got to go 5-1, and one, I'd say, in those two you series combined. You I mean, it's just to too six. many other. Yeah, you really just, need to go It's six. just really tough, like you're saying, to go on the road to Harrisonburg yes. and say we got to sweep. I, just, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if they lost a the game. But, yeah, if you want to make it easier on yourself in the bigger series against the better teams, then you really need to take advantage of the not-so-great teams, which JMU, I still don't know if we know a ton. They've played The funny thing, too, is they've played less conference games than everybody because they had a couple games canceled. So they're 5-8. and eight. They've lost four in a row. I don't. I don't really know if this team is is towards the bottom of the middle or towards the top of the middle. If that makes sense, so yeah. we might find out this weekend. Have they played Marshall, or they didn't play Marshall yet? I don't. I certainly don't know what their schedule is. They ha- do not play. They play them coming up, and okay. um, those are all. All the game times are listed as TBA for that series. Interestingly enough, no, it's um. It's a series that if you didn't, you know, obviously if you don't win, you'll be really beyond disappointed. But be a little, even a little disappointed if you don't sweep. They, it, it, I, I'm not trying to disrespect them. I'm just or the game. But when when you have the three series they have plus ULM and and James Madison, you just have to you have to dominate James Madison and and ULM. Or I, I don't, you know. It's it's just not gonna it's not gonna happen in the long run. At least that first step of trying to get, you know, to where you end up that kind of gauntlet in the forties, um, and maybe hopefully the low forties or even higher. It's gonna be hard to do that if you don't go for six and zero. But we will see how it plays out. And again, um, starting time for tomorrow's game in Virginia moved up to five p.m. Central for a Cajun baseball team. We will take a timeout and be back. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. This is Footnotes. Live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. We haven't commented on the NBA yet. Um, not any surprises last night once again. <coughs> the Sixers are 
No one thought that. The Warriors won last night. I've heard some people try to make a big deal about that. When you're the Warriors and, and you lost the first two on the road, you have to win game three. I, I, I don't think game three is of any kind of a tale at all. You know, now if they win game four, maybe you can start saying, but I don't think that was a surprise in the Suns won. I think the Suns win to cut to two to one or to get to two and one uh, is a little more telling than the Warriors winning game three at home after losing both on the road. I don't think yeah. that's telling at all. I think the only thing there is that they didn't have Draymond and they're so they're so kind of they don't use a lot of guys off the bench, which some people have been criticizing them for not playing their younger guys, but. Not having Draymond, I guess, is why you're seeing a little bit more of a reaction. But, yeah, I mean, you still have Steph. And, and Steph was vintage Steph for a good portion of last night's game. So that was, you know, you're feeling... you got to win that game. Right. No, they had to. Yeah. It, the series was over if they didn't. Yeah. But I think it's maybe, you know, I think people are starting to believe in the Sacramento team more than they wanted to also. I think that might be playing into some of people's surprise. Sacramento's going to be a tough out at home because they're all fired up right now. So we'll see how it goes. Other news before we get to the game hotline. Some breaking news that Dawson alerted me to. Uh, Jamison Williams, three other Lions, among a group of NFL players suspended for gambling. Six games. He was hurt all last year. Um, and now he's suspended six games for gambling. You would think that, man. But again, Look, gambling's been an issue in pro sports for years, going all the way back to the Paul Horning, Alex Karras days. But gambling's everywhere now. Like, it's everywhere. So how do you monitor? I don't know how How do you monitor this? And 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 how do you keep the lines from being blurred? I, man, you just wonder if this is going to continue to be a big issue. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Kevin. Yes, sir. Who, who gave you that web information this morning? Because I, I know you didn't look that up. Oh, no, no. I Come actually on. looked it up. Can you believe it? No way. Kevin, man, you, you know, you're branching out. You kind of remind me of myself. I broaden my horizons so much these days. I mean, every you have to, Kevin. If you, you can't survive. You know, Mr. Bitter used to say on this show, I'm really equipped. I don't know how much longer I can stay. And I use that little line, you know, often. But you, you got to – if you don't branch out, man, if you don't evolve, then – I know, mean, nobody you, nobody spooned – nobody gave me the information, so I had to look it up myself. I mean, uh, you know. Kevin, I'm impressed. I'm yeah. impressed. Listen, I want to tell you a quick little one about the about the celebrity. I, I mean, I, I, it, wasn't, it wasn't anything that I expected, but I was in the back, – back in the day in the – Late '80s, I was at Ellender, and so uh, the, the AD was Ernie Brown, who had played basketball for LSU. So he got this little fundraiser together. We played the coaching staff and a few other people from the community played against the Saints. Don't hear you, Brett Maxey, uh, Ironhead, Hayward. I mean, you know, it was, uh, to, to name a few. So you know, we didn't have much interaction during the game, other than I, I know one time I was in the lane, I was going to take a charge from Dalton Dal- Dal- Hilliard. And when I saw that big thigh coming oh, towards me, no. I just got I got right out of the way yes. and, let him, and let him do a finger roll. But anyway, so we went to have a few uh, libations after, and uh, you know, I didn't have much interaction with him. But anyway, we in the ba- we in the bathroom it's about midnight, and Ironhead, 
comes in and I'm thinking, man, I'm gonna have a little, I'm gonna have a little conversation, you know, just a little passing conversation. Arnhead, well, this guy kind of steps in front of me. Arnhead's coming in, we go in to leave, and the guy says, "Hey, oh, Arnhead, man, how you doing?" You know, blah blah. Arnhead just looks at me and says, "Get out of my way." <laughs> <laughs> I believe that. Yeah. I thought to myself, man, thank God that guy stepped in front of me because you know you. you Ironhead's pretty menacing, dude. He filled up the whole doorway yeah. you know, of the of the bathroom. So anyway, okay. Uh, so Kevin, I think, man, uh, Osiris Torrance, man. I, I, you know, I know, I know. Joey said, you know, it'd be disappointed. There's no way I'd be disappointed, and it's, it makes perfect sense. Everything that uh, that Joey said about Osiris Torrance. I mean, I think that'd be a great pick. Uh, but uh, now you know the the guy Foskey, Kevin. I heard a mock the other day that uh, Saints did a little swip swapping and did a little trading up, and you know now Kevin they have this point value of your trade and all that. And the guy yeah. I was saying, you know, actually gain point value, blah blah blah. And they had Foskey moving the Saints moving up in the get another second round pick to get him at like fifty two or three or whatever. He supposedly is uh, high on the Saints, like him a lot. Supposedly, uh, so I'm know, saying he could be the Peyton Turner of this draft. That's what I'm. That's what yeah. I'm thinking oh, yeah. is possible. He, he could be, uh, but uh, you know all those scenarios. But like man, Stevie, can I make a head spin when like Stevie says something like that? You know, like one of those cornerbacks all of a sudden. The Joey man, Porter. Man, and then you. you I mean, that also makes sense. You know. Anyway, yeah, the gambling thing, Kevin, that whole gambling thing. But what do they think is going to happen? Let me just tell you. On this ferry station right here on the weekend, early in the morning when I used to go to visit my mother, I listened to this guy, Dukes, put him up. You know, he's real good, man. I enjoyed him. And then the last year or two, Kevin, all of a sudden, he's on from 6 to 9 or 7 o'clock. It comes from betting show you guys. Oh no, it's everywhere. It's uh, I, I don't I don't know the answer. Minus yeah. one eighty two plus. I don't even know what the guy's talking about. So, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. It's all over. Uh, so I it's, I, it's I get it. All, all right, right. Ho- all right Kevin. Hopefully, I'm my good. weather reports were accurate. We'll see. Thanks. All right, Kevin. I'm gonna check on you. All right. All right. <laughs> Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey. Good morning. Good morning. Long time. Uh, so. You know, you could ask Troy, back in the day, Saints hater, uh, he, he loved confrontation, okay? So you're talking about if I met a, a celebrity that that wasn't the nicest or just... Yeah, but this, anyway, yeah. to me, to, to me, this guy's not a celebrity. To y'all, he was probably the biggest celebrity, in, well, just to y'all little Saints community. So we played in a softball tournament, a uh, big state tournament. We won the tournament in New Orleans. We stopped off to eat at a wing place, Hooters, and this guy's walking around at this table signing autographs, okay? I mean, he's volunteering coming to talk to Nobody's asking this guy. So John Forcade, you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the guy actually asked the wrong person for autograph. If I wanted an autograph, I was like, I said, I'm good, man. Uh, he started to make something. I said, well, I don't even know who you are. So he tried to tell me. I said, so, I said, so you like the stunt double. For the for the real pros, right? When he was a scab quarterback, right? He was. 
He was so but he was but, stunt, but he so also ended. They actor. stuck with him. But go ahead, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the man did, he didn't like it when I didn't want his autograph. That's all I can say. I understand. And I mean, listen, I said, I'm sorry, cat. I said, what you want me to do? <laughs> I mean, can, can I enjoy, can I enjoy my wings and go about my day? That's all I want. <laughs> and, and, you know, I mean, hey, what what? So what the Bears are gonna do, man? I heard a lot of junk talking about they're gonna trade this guy and they're gonna draft Richardson. I mean. You think that's malarkey? Or yeah, I think it's on? malarkey. I think they're going to pick an offensive tackle. They're either going to pick the guy from Northwestern or the guy from Ohio State. I mean, uh, I would be surprised if it's not one. Now, now, what I would do if I was them is pick Bajon Robinson. That's what I would do if I was yeah. them. I like him too. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm I would with you do. On them, but, yeah, but yeah, that was my yeah. This ex Troy saying that he liked confrontation, but. I wasn't. I wasn't having it with John Forcade. I was uh, like, "Go about your business, cat. That, Y'all have a good day." That's fair. <laughs> no one would confuse uh, John Forcade with Stan Musial. Let's put it that way. So uh, that that that's that's fair. All right, take a timeout and be back. This is Footnotes on the game. One zero three seven Lafayette and one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. A recent survey discovered that game listeners prefer our station over watching a mandated webinar at work. Oh, thank you, everyone, for coming to this exciting meeting today to discuss. Take that, productivity in the workplace. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Yeah, still a few minutes if you'd like to get a phone call in. 706-0111-706-0111. Something that's getting a little scary, though, as the conversations continue to go on and, and progress with the Saints and the draft speculation. Remember the list. I know Dawson doesn't agree with this. I know many of you, probably most of you, don't agree with this. But there's, you know, I understand people don't think history is important, but the list is the list. Notre Dame, Michigan, Penn State. Isaiah Foskey, Notre Dame. Mayor, Notre Dame. Smith, Michigan. Penn State, Michigan, Notre Dame players just don't work out for the Saints. I mean, it's just, I just, be careful. Be careful. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Uh, No, they just, you know, there's a few exceptions. And hopefully, Cesar Ruiz turns out to be one of those exceptions. Hopefully. But again, you know, to Joey's point earlier, it, that that jury is still kind of out there whether Cesar Ruiz is going to work out. He there was some positive signs. Some people were ready to call him a bust, but there was some some positive signs, and hopefully he becomes an exception. But that's what he is an exception. We'll take a let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, how's it going there, Foot? Good, sir. How are you? I'm all right. I wanted to touch on something you you were mentioning about uh you know meeting celebrities on your last segment. Uh, 
I actually had the opportunity to meet uh, Deuce McAllister last weekend. He was in Youngsville at the uh, Rouse's grand opening. And uh, while I love Deuce to death, and I will say he wasn't rude or anything, he just, I, I don't know. I brought the kids, and he just acted like he didn't want to be there. And it was kind of a disappointment for them, you know. Well, I understand. No, certainly that 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 can happen, and um, you know, I don't know that. I don't know. And that, I love Deuce to death. Yeah, my kids love him to death. You know, he's just he was just it was like one of those obligation type things. That right. He was kind of like, yeah, do I really need to be here doing this? <laughs> no, I understand. Look, I, I, the proto. You want to talk about prototypes? I mean, like, I mean. Deuce is probably one of my two or three favorite Saints ever. Just, I mean, just a 6'2", oh 220 pounds, can catch it running. Oh, I love the guy. But, uh, but oh, no, yeah. that happens, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, no, when you were mentioning that, it made me think about that. And I said, well, let me call and let him know about that. Because, like I said, I mean, he couldn't have been nicer. He just acted like, you know. He didn't want to be there. <laughs> uh, I I understand. I understand. Thank you for the call, sir. Oh yeah, brother. Take care. Um, now Bajan Robinson ain't pretty like Deuce. I mean, I want Bajan Robinson too, and he's really good. But man, Deuce was pretty. But that was that was a strange, you know, like you know, you just went through the whole Ricky Williams thing and. And then, and then you drafted Deuce. And we were like, what is going on? It worked out. But, oh, man, I, I, I could have gone all day. I could go all year without ever thinking about Mike Ditka again. Oh, of course, I can only blame myself because I brought up Chris Naoli, too, which is one of the few good things Mike Ditka did. You know, Chris Naoli, you know, he, 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 had, he didn't play that long in New Orleans, went to Jacksonville and had some good years, but he at least turned out to be a good NFL football player. Most of the other drafts, I mean, just awful. I mean, Troy Davis. I mean, just think about it. Troy Davis, Rob Kelly. Jared Thomas, like you want to feel good about where the Saints are right now? Think about the Mike Ditka. Think about the conversations that were going on prior to the NFL draft. Going into that draft where they got Danny Werfel and Jared Tomage and Rob Kelly and Troy Davis. Cat, this ain't, you know, Mr. Tryhard, give extra effort. This is the NFL. And them cats were drafting Troy Davis and Jared Tomage, and at least Rob Kelly was kind of, sort of, maybe. A, and Troy Davis, Danny Worth, just awful. Oh, man, like sometimes you need to give yourself a little perspective about where the Saints are and what they've done. Just think of that era. Man, that was brutal. Just clueless brutalness is what that was. No, so I, again, that doesn't mean they're going to hit. Um, doesn't mean they're going to hit. But it's, uh, no, the Isaiah Foskey, like Manny was talking about, is an interesting scenario. I just... I might end up, I mean, look, 
we got six days to make, you know, on Thursday's show. I mean, you got to make a prediction. I mean, doesn't mean you're going to get it right. We understand that. Um, but I think Osiris Torrance is about as good a prediction as any just because there's not a lot of other guards that are being talked about that highly in the first and second that have like late first, early second round type grades. And so you could certainly, you know, depend if you say, well, this Pete isn't going to be around much longer. That's very believable. We're not really 100% sold on Ruiz. That's very believable. So you can make a solid argument that Osiris Torrance makes a lot of sense. Of course, he might get drafted one or two spots before the Saints pick, theoretically. I would be a little surprised if they traded up to get him, but their need at guard might supersede, you know, their need at somewhere else if they have him rated highly. So it's um certainly something to consider. But man, I don't I think past him in Ottabare, I don't see a lot of other options unless the draft goes very different than what I'm thinking it's gonna go. I I'm not seeing a lot of options here at all. So we'll see how that plays out. All right. Appreciate all the phone calls. Y'all have a nice weekend. Bienvenue au Festival International de Louisiane, présenté par LUS Fiber. Festival International de Louisiane.